Welcome back to the Central Blue Podcast. Name's Tommy, and Chelsea just beat Bournemouth 2-0. And I'm joined by Ray, I'm joined by Ubi, and I'm joined by Judah. It's been a long time we had Ubi, it's been a long time we had Judah. Literally at the same time. I don't remember what episode number that was, but yeah, it's good to have you guys again, man. How are you guys doing? Long time, no speak. I'm doing all right myself, man. I'm doing all right. It's really, really good to be back. Thanks for having me again. And I'm glad that I'm back when Chelsea just won, yeah? We actually needed that. <laughs> Looking forward <laughs> for this episode. <laughs> Cheers, bro. Yeah, Judah, how you doing, bro? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm good, man. I'm good. Glad to be back, like Ubi said. And it's more or less like um, Chelsea were waiting for Ubi and Judah to be back before winning, you know? So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, it's, it's, all, it's all good. So, yeah, I mean, happy to be back, man. All right, how are you, bro? I mean, I know you were around for a while, so how are you doing? Uh, you know, I'm here without Todd. Uh, Win or lose, draw. I still got my side eye, but you know, <laughs> I relaxed a little bit. Yeah. All right. So Ubi, where do you start from? I mean, Chelsea want to know what what stood out for you. I mean, what was the lineup? We're going to the lineup and everything. Like, how was that for you? Well, when I first saw the lineup, I was satisfied because I was actually excited to see Dennis Zakaria starting. He really deserves. I believe this is his actual like debut in the Premier League anyways, not counting the other match when he actually scored a goal for us. Same goes with Reese, obviously before he got injured, which I guess it's going to be a topic next. But yeah, yeah it's just unfortunate to see him got, getting injured. But hey, I was happy that he started. He He really changed the rhythm of the match. But overall, I was uh, happy with the lineup and the way we started the game. I mean, Judah, what can you say about back four? I mean, so yeah, it was a pretty positive lineup. I mean, when I saw it, I knew like we should be winning the game comfortably, and I guess we safe to say that was the case. Although towards the end, I mean, it's expected that we're pushing and trying to score, you know, but we're able to get the clean sheets. But yeah, I mean. <laughs> It's only Bournemouth, so we cannot read read too much into the back four or or back three, like back five debates. I I mean, I'm looking forward to see the formation he uses against City in the like upcoming two back to back games that we have. You know, so mm-hmm. whatever formation he sticks to, then will determine you know how he wants to line up going forward and you know and stuff like that and i think also the players we get in the transfer window will determine whether we are sticking with a back four or a back three so yeah but oh and sorry on that on that as well he actually switched to a back five towards the ending of the game you know really? yeah yeah when he brought up when he brought in chaloba he, he switched to a back five so so there's that at that point i was just like you know, I mean, yeah, yeah, he switched it back five. Yeah, Chaloba yeah. even like made the sign when he was about to come on that they are, they are switching to a back five, you know. So, yeah, <laughs> first, first, Ray. I mean, you talked about your side eye and all that, but I mean, what can you say about the game? Um, the game itself, and people keep saying, Oh, it's Bournemouth, oh, it's Bournemouth, but they're a team that I, I watch them in Forest and a couple of the other lower league teams every once in a while. Them being what are they like? 16, 16th, whatever it is, that's not really indicative. They're, they're a decent team. They're not like a bunch of bombs that you can just, anybody can just go there and just go beat. Um, but what I was looking for in terms of like was the play, like how we played, how we progressed yeah. the ball, how we defended. At no point did I ever feel like we were going to concede like a bozo goal or we were going to, like, if. If the ball went into the final third, I'm not. I'm. I, I'm not normally panicking how I am. So I'm like, this is good. I think this is this is a part of the sign. I think if we face any other team, I don't think it's going to be that big of a difference. As there's not going to be a big drop off. At least not in my opinion. As if I'm gonna I'm gonna clip that and play it for you. As if man, trust me. It's only Bournemouth, you know. But fine. Um, it'll be okay. You say, man. I mean, like the line. I I sorry, spoke about lineup already. Um, 
uh, what you call it, moment of the match, I guess. Okay, see. Sorry, before we move on to that, I have to touch on on what um rate was. Yeah, it was like um Bournemouth are like 16s and you know like they've been playing well. Well, why me? I'm just saying it's only Bournemouth. It's it's not because like they've been bad this season or something. They've actually been really good. But the thing is that you have to understand that they've lost that momentum that they were going yeah. with before they you know before the break. So, I mean, they are just like every a normal ordinary bottom um table team as that. And we play them today, you know, because they've not gained any more momentum back or whatever. So, I mean, it's a an easy win that everyone like expected from Chelsea's standard, basically. Yeah, so that's why everyone is just saying, you know, it's it's only bomb ones. So, I mean, the real test will come when we play Man City to be so yeah. Exactly. Because yeah. I mean, we play first. We play first next, and we play one of the relegation. I think Fulham. So you see, we're playing all relegation sides before we play City. So it would be nice to give us like a bit of momentum going forward and all that. But for me, I'm not going to get... I'll, I'll even get more carried away when we play Fulham because Fulham are better than all these teams, these other teams, you know. But yeah, I mean, Ubi, what can you say about like the, the um, moment of the game for you? Because I mean, there's so many talking points. Yeah, surely. Well, of course, moment of the game or moment of the match for me is Mason Mount's goal. Because I'm yeah. a big fan of uh, outside-the-box shots in general. And his was really amazing. It had an amazing 99 curve, <laughs> kind of like Beckham would, would have done, almost. Yeah. Uh, it was amazing. Uh, of course, it's the second goal, so it gave us the confidence to just hold our defenses, especially towards the end when we switched to back five. And yeah, like it, we just needed that, I guess, gift before the end of the year, right? Because it would have been worse if we lost or even drawn to Bournemouth. No disrespect to that team. They're actually 14th, but they they batter us before, like 4-0, I think. That was a couple seasons ago. I mean, it's been a while, um, but hey, it, it's a fact. We cannot uh, underestimate them. We even drawn 2-2. Like, I think last time we won like 2-1. But then the previous one was like 2-2 or something. So, you know, we, they've okay. beat us before, drawn to us before, with us before. So, you know, they're not a bad, bad team. You know what I'm saying? They're not like a Norwich from, you know, last season, for example. They were really bad when we won like 7-0 or something. Yeah, but they are the Norwich of the season. And the Bournemouth thing is Eddie Howe's Bournemouth. But I hear you. They're like a bogey team as well for us, but yeah. yeah, there's worse. There's definitely worse in this Premier League this season. But hey, I get your point totally, man. I think there was than Forest, to be honest. We'll see about that next yeah. Uh, match. Yeah, um, Judah, I know you have a, you you have an agenda against Kai Havertz. So I mean, how many goals now? <laughs> I don't know why you guys have an agenda against him. First of all, I, I just believe he can do way much better than he has been doing. And I still believe he can still even do way better than he, he did like today. Although he had a okay game, but I believe he can still like offer more. And like I always said from the beginning, Kayavat is a second half is a second half player. And we all know this. I can't even remember we had the a, yeah. Like we had a podcast, a, a podcast about it, and you know, <clears throat> when we're debating like if we need a striker or, or not, and I was like, yes, we need a striker because Avas doesn't turn up until the second half of the season, and that's going to be the case. Just watch and see. You would see that he we actually start performing like a serious player now that he knows that you know we're we're short of one striker. And Dude, I've caught you. I have caught you. He never added that at the second half of the season. He just said, I, I wouldn't did. mind if... Yeah, I've I caught did. you. He I never said, said that. I've said he it from the onset. Don't worry, I'll, I'll look for the for the podcast or where I said it and I'll, and I'll let you know, don't worry, when, when I find it. But anyways, I'm very sure Tony can remember that I said yeah, that. Yeah, to be fair, he did say that. But then... It, but he did say that, but then again, Judah, technically, is still not the second half of the season. I know because of the World Cup. We are literally restarting the season like it's the second half. Of the <laughs> Actually, guys, one fact about Kai Havertz you know that Kai Havertz has scored more goals for under Graham Potter than any other Chelsea player so far, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he has, yeah. He's been clinical, especially under Potter. Five goals, right? Or what? No, four goals. Yeah, no, that's just in a prem, but I think he scored in some other games too. 
Oh yeah, true. I'm talking about under Potter, of course. But yeah, he scored other goals before him. I think it's the hat trick that's fooling people because I know he, Kai scored a few goals on the Tuchel as well. But I think there's a hat trick that kind of like bumped it a bit. So, you know, still counts, man. <laughs> yeah, but look, like, the point is that I still believe he can do way more. Like he can do way better than what he has been doing so far. So, I mean, it's up to him now to to lead the line basically because um I was watching the post match um reaction of Potter and like the act if Kayavat is going to be the main striker now like since he dropped Aubameyang and stuff like that and it was like um he didn't give a definitive answer but the answer he gave is leaning towards that it's going to be that way because it was like Avatz gives them what he wants from a striker and that he provides you know diff- like it provides a different sort of um What's it called? What it was the word he used? I think he said a different sort of character, basically. But we all know what he's trying to say, you know, like Havertz moves around and stuff like that. So, yeah, I think Havertz is basically what he would like, minus the, the clinicality. He's not clinical, yeah, but he gives them yeah, a pressing. Exactly. His positional awareness is good, and today his decision making was. I couldn't yeah. tell the time he missed every single pass. Yeah. The vision was there. Like the pressing was there, he triggered. Cor- I don't know. He did everything perfect today, and so I don't know. That's that's what you yeah, want. So we just we just hope that he builds on this. You know, like you know what I'm saying? Yeah, because we all know like he's got that quality, but he just yeah. needs to be more, more consistent. I agree with you guys. I really do. Like especially his work rate. What I like about Havertz that what makes him like special compared to other strikers. He's actually not a number nine, but anyways, I like his work rates because he he pushes back and then goes forward. So, you know, mm-hmm. it's something you don't really see often, especially with number nines, or like traditional nines. I'm talking about the likes of Lukaku and, <laughs> I don't know, the others. Um, for example, Lukaku would have been decent if he had uh, Kai Havertz work rate. Don't give so many PTSD, man. <laughs> but yeah, 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 yeah. We're not talking about Lukaku, man. But I'm just saying, as a concept on paper, imagine Lukaku just defending. He has the physicality and everything, but hey, he doesn't. <laughs> I was just going to say, Ray has this big thing about like traditional number nines and modernized number nines. So when, when Ubi talked about that, I was like, oh, Ray will really like to talk about this. Oh, no, I don't like the number nine position. I've made that very clear. Um, the Vlahoviches, the Ozemans, I don't the like Lukaku. any of them. The Lukakus, none of them. Lautaro, none of, I, no nine that I like. Lautaro so. is the baller, man. Well, go on, sorry. You saw the Hall of Fame stinker he had. Oh my <laughs> god, he's so bad. I know, I know, I know, but like, I know, I know, I know, but like, yeah, okay. Um, let's let's, let's go back to the point. Um, Judah, what was the mo- moment of the match for you before we go to Ray? Yeah, yes. Um, I mean, it goes without saying for me, my moment of the match is the Miss James injury because, like, once that happened, I don't know, it's probably. I don't know, like, does it have to do that? Does it have to do with, like, the morale of the players is affected or is just yeah. that, or is just that good that when he gets <laughs> injured or he's not in the team, it tells on these players? Because literally, the moment he got injured, it was just like a switch flipped and, you know, the Bournemouth, <laughs> the Bournemouth team, like, started having, you know, going at us and pressing and stuff. And I was like, all this wasn't happening when... James was still on the pitch, you know. So I don't know. It's 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 probably has to do with the mentality or something as well because I really can't place my hand on it. But yeah, I have to say that was the moment of the match because like when you went out, all of a sudden, you know, the game looked like in the air and stuff like that. And going forward, it is also going to be like a big miss for us if it's going to be out for another long period of of time again. So yeah, that should be my moment of the match. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, Judah, the commentator also said the same thing. He was like, oh, all the Chelsea players, their head has dropped or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's probably like a mentality thing or something. Maybe it has to do with, like, you know, mentality that, oh, there we go again, one of our best players is injured again, you know, that kind of thing. So, but, yeah, yeah and, and most importantly, that's why I, I, I believe we, we really need, like, a resilience backup this January window. Like, in fact, that should... I believe that should even like be our main priority, even ahead of like the midfield position or center back or wherever they're going for, you know. But we'll see, we'll see what they get. So yeah. You sound frightened. But let me go to Ray. Ray, um, what was the moment of the match for you? Like I wanna I wanna remind you about that Pulisic penalty appeal, but yeah, go on. 
the uh, moment of the match. I mean, there was like, what do you mean, like positive, negative, or just in general? Because this is this this things to talk about. <laughs> so, like Chelsea perspective, it could be negative or positive, really. Moment of the match. Hmm. Uh, who was on the left wing? So someone, I think Kai got the ball, passed it to um, Conor Gallagher, and instead of squaring it to Sterling on the right, you guys know exactly what I'm talking about. I know yeah. it pissed me off. He shot it and it hit somebody, and I, I, it's stuff like that where just that. But I think I'm gonna just name three. There was that one. There was two moments where Pulisic was on the wing. He was free. All he had to do was scan, and he had it Sterling and Havertz on his right in the middle on the right. Didn't do yeah. it. That's why. I, Sorry, Pulisic. can I just add something to that about yeah, the Pulisic? Pulisic um, um, because I've seen people saying like Pulisic has to start next game and that it was good. I, I mean, personally, I feel like it wasn't as good as people are making him to seem today. Like it was overwhelming to me. Yeah, exactly. It was pretty average. average to me today because just like the two situations that Ray just mentioned, like where he should have released the ball quicker or, or you know, like made a decision. It was he didn't even, he didn't even scan, right? All he had to exactly. do was take one man yeah. on Yeah, so I don't know. I thought I was the one that had that, that opinion, you know. <laughs> no, but true. you know what I will say about Pulisic and this is what I hate. When you're playing this 4-3-3 system, because you're not going to have the, the fullbacks hold the whiff, unless you want Cucurella to do it, which he can do a decent job of it, but I prefer him just to defend, you will have to play Pulisic and just have him play 6 out of 10 and just hope Sterling plays out of his mind because Pulisic is not going to give you any consistency. And it just tells me, I, like I keep telling people, Pulisic is best off the bench and he should stay that way. Um, and then exactly. the third thing is, oof, the last one, I got to go for Zachariah. That man is the double-edged sword in, in possession. <laughs> Every single time that they had a counter back on us, it's because he lost the ball. And he yeah. did good recovering it. But it, to me, it's like, listen, I love you, and I like what you do in terms of that physical presence, but when you get the ball and you lose it, and a team with that kind of pace at Bournemouth, you saw every single time he lost the ball, they took advantage of it. That was, that was the only time we looked vulnerable. When he was in possession, and that needs to be fixed. I don't know if, because I've seen him at uh, Gladbach. He's not clumsy like that. So I don't know if he needs to get back into match fitness or whatever it needs to be. But yeah, I, I think there's a bit of coaching as well. But no, yeah, no, it's not coaching. It's not coaching. Let me, I think, let me just add to that because I actually brought this up in the, in the group as well because I was saying it like, it looks, it looks, it doesn't look comfortable basically on the ball. So, I mean, it just has to do like maybe it's either it's rusty because, you know, he didn't play throughout the World Cup, did he? I think he only played like a few minutes for, for um, Switzerland. Yeah, he doesn't play much. I think his match yeah, fitness is yeah. terrible. So, it's probably, yeah, it's, it probably has to do with match fitness or it's not just that guy that can be trusted with the ball, like the way the Premier League um, um, demands from you basically. Because if, yeah, if if it was Man City, if we're playing against Man City now, that loss, that ball possession, the loss Bro, of what will be gone, man. <laughs> will exactly. be gone because it was literally giving the ball away too much, like just too yeah. much. You guys are talking about Zakaria, right? Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. I, actually, I I do understand your points, but there's something I noticed about him apart from what you guys said is that he does something that no other player does, which is. He has this thing like he does the what do you call um like long passes but kind of like low driven and I li- really like this about him he passes directly like into your foot yeah exactly it kind of reminds me of the Netherlands goal against Argentina the second goal in the last second of the match when they pass the ball when, um you know I mean it's different scenarios but I'm trying to un- to make you guys understand my point when they pass the ball like below the the wall and then um i think it was the striker who yeah what was his name weghorse i think yeah he scored off of it i like these type of passes because they're smart usually in football people expect you to like have some momentum of on the ball kind of mm-hmm. like lifted on the ground but then when you make it low driven it really uh puts the defense of the opponent off and that's something good i like this type of passes especially like long range passes and he does them. Not even Jorginho, which is one of our best passers currently in the team. 
he doesn't even do that. He does it in a way where it's like kind of above the the grass, let's say. Yeah, yeah Ubi, you're, you're right. Most people, when they pass the ball, it's like it's a weak touch. It's just kind of rolling to the person. Mm-hmm. Exactly. With him, if you look at the technique he uses with his passing, I think it's perfect. I think with him, when I say like in possession, I don't mean his passes are bad. But you know when people need like time to judge when the yeah, ball yeah. is going to get to them and when somebody's going to press at them? I think that that's kind of off. So when he gets to the ball, he's rushing too much to make the pass. And then that's when he's making mistakes. But I think the technique on his passes is good. His shooting technique is really good, too, because every shot he took, I think, was going on target. So I think that's the positive and that's the negative of, of a Zakaria. If, if, if we can find that to make it work, I mean, that'll work. It, we, we can make it work for the rest of the season, I think. But that's my criticism of him. That can be found with just more experience and more game time. That's it. That's what, that's what I think he misses. Because it's his literal second game, for Chelsea at least. So, you know. Third, but I, I say coaching as well. I think coaching is a big factor because, like, well, like you guys make very good points actually. But Judah, do you want to say something? No, no, yeah, I, I was just, I was just going to say. I mean, I probably agree with Toby. Like when you say it's coaching, like coaching in the in the sense that he probably has to just do more possession work. Like you know, like yeah. when they do the um put someone in the middle and make him like control possession, like control the ball, that kind of thing. So he probably just has to do more work on the possession aspects of the game, like keeping possession and you know keeping the ball moving at least to. A certain level because yeah. I don't think it's at that level yet for Premier League because when you when you get like when you play against other clubs they will just know that they have to target him I don't even know what I mean like you know they just have to <laughs> target him and close him down whenever yeah, he has the ball you know Gallagher in the league game yeah yeah exactly exactly so yeah it's just going to be another weak link even irrespective <laughs> of the positives he has yeah so that's what I was just going to say yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. I'm. I'm curious to ask Ubi this question. Actually, um, Pulisic. What can you say about Pulisic? I mean, his game today and all that. But actually, um, Ray also spoke about the Gallagher situation where the, he could. He could. Is he? He was meant to pass to Sterling, but decided to take a shot instead. But yeah, let's focus on um, Pulisic. Ubi, what can you say about Pulisic? Well, I think Pulisic with the US uh, at the World Cup had a decent momentum, and I think that's why Potter started him. Apart from the fact that we have injured players and you know formation, etc. So I understand yeah. why he started him. But like he didn't have like he didn't have the best game, obviously. But he didn't have a like a god awful game, in my opinion. Today he was decent, but at the same time, not he, the typical Pulisic. He's really like. A broken dream for me because I've always thought he's gonna be the hazard replacement because he, you know, he had the technicality, especially with, with his time in uh, Dortmund. You know, he, he's decent on the ball. He's actually comfortable on both legs. If you notice, he, he kind of like he doesn't have a weak foot. That's really good traits for an attacker. He has, you know, a lot of. He's relatively young. He has a lot of potential, but it's always like I try to give him. I cut him some slack. We're like, yeah, he's fine, whatever. But he's never going to be the hazard. I guess I have a lot of expectation that yeah. he's going to be the next hazard or something, but he's not. And probably he will never be, sadly, especially for the money we, we got him from. I think it was 50, 60 million. But yeah. yeah, overall, my opinion of him, just a bit disappointed, but I've seen worse, you know. So, yeah, that's yeah. that kind of sums up my opinion. For me, I noticed that every time he had the ball, the attack broke down, you know, so... Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I see I see your point. Yeah, he's a bit sloppy on the ball. I mean, specifically today, I'm not talking about other games, but specifically today, like, you know. No, uh, look, the truth is that even in other games, he, he does it sometimes. Like, sometimes he just, he just draws on the ball too much. Like, hmm? I mean. <laughs> he over dribbles, basically. Yeah. It's, a, it's a tricky situation because, like um, Ubi said, it's basically a broken dream because everyone <laughs> thought he was going to be like, you know, the next Hazard, and then the old number 10 shares, you know, him having the, other, having the number 10 shares. I guess people are still like kind of sentimental towards just that um, Captain America side of him and, you know, people were expecting him to deliver. And also, like, I feel like people overhype his performances a lot because they did it for. The World Cup, there were some of his performances that I feel like people were just like overhyping this guy. And today as well, I've seen people saying that he was very decent and this, and I'm like, no, that's 
you're not watching the game to be objective. So I, I guess it's that kind of player that we're just stuck with. I don't think he's leaving. I think he, that he's going to probably sign a new contract. And nah, like nah. like um, Ray said, I don't, like think Ray said I don't think he's signing a new contract. I think he's going to run it down. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think he's going to stay here. Yeah. But, but but the thing is that I, I believe, like Ray said, he's a very good um off the bench player because even Tutkal has said it before and he has hinted towards it many times that he's the kind of player that you know he banks from the bench more than when you start him in a game. So yeah, he's just that kind of player. So but uh, but he does not see himself as that kind of player. He doesn't want to accept a bench role. So yeah, it's just one of those inconsistent guys that we have in our team. You know what I will say about Pulisic, though? The one thing I will say is, as much as he's going to give you mediocre performances, if you want to play this type of formation, you're going to need his type of poacher-like guy who can carry the ball. Um, and that's what you're going to need. But besides that, I mean, if you can get a better option, stick Hutchinson there. I, you know, I'd prefer anybody else over him, personally. Exactly. But, yeah. Exactly. But actually, Ray, I want to ask you this question. How do... How do Chelsea and Porter mitigate this um, Riz James situation now? Because like, it, like Judah said, it was clear to see that we were shit when Riz James got injured. I mean, so how do we mitigate this situation moving forward? I don't fully... Cause I keep like, even though like I saw people say, oh, we were shit because they focused on his performance and they forgot that Bournemouth has changed shape. Um, Aspie wasn't bad on that right side. Uh, Sterling was still destroying that right side. The only mm-hmm. problem is, I think, um, when it comes to Reese James' situation, we're going to miss him defensively. Um, really, because if, if we can keep Sterling going the way he's going right now, we can just have Aspie play fullback instead of playing like up and down. So, say that. You say that, but then when we attack, Reese James brings power and strength and pace to our attack. I'm, I'm not saying we're, gonna, we're not going to lose anything. I'm just saying that from what I've seen on the attacking end and the type of teams we're going to be facing, I'm not worried about the attack. I'm worried more so about the defensive side than I am the attack. Because I think Aspie can do a job for half a season. You know what I'm saying? In a fullback role. So much. Because, like, as the guys, I'm sure the guys will agree with me, Aspie is past it right now. Um, you know. What I would say, what I would say is that I actually believe it's the opposite. You know, I believe with Aspie, who we'll still get the defensive cover, but then going forward, uh, is, I mean, Rich <laughs> James is another level. He's another level, man. Like, so. no, no, no. I mean, our overall attack. Like I'm saying, like, and if we're talking about the right back role, yes, we're gonna lose everything on that right side. Besides crosses, because Aspie can still cross. But I mean, like. The team itself, I don't think you're going to see as large of a drop-off in the attack like you did last season or the first half of this season because I think they know what to do in this formation attacking-wise. Um, yeah, yeah, I feel you. But, but to answer your question, Tony, um, left to me, yeah. I've mentioned that it's before when I talked about Rich James. The only way to like mitigate it, like you asked, is just to get like proper backup. Like Because if you have a proper backup, then you don't even need to be playing Rich James back-to-back or like rushing him into um, you know, a game just when it's, it's, it's just trying to get feet and all that. So I guess the only way me to get it is just get like a proper backup like i mean someone that you will be comfortable with now you can start yeah so i mean i agree about backup yeah but one i don't want to say okay who would we get because we could mention so many people and then we'll go on and on but i want to i want to yeah. like give a scope like i want i want to um, give it a limit like oh um who in the chelsea squad do you think could do a job there for me is ruben but i don't think ruben is fit as well i don't like Pulisic in that position no, but I don't think we're gonna play. I don't think we're gonna play wing back either, anyway. So, yeah, but you know, say Zachariah, y'all laugh. So I'm just gonna say Ruben. There's one option. Who? Trev. But yeah, Trev. Yeah, Trev would be like you know the guy at West Ham. What's this, the German dude at West Ham? Trev would just be like that guy. The German dude at West Ham. Yeah, the 24. I can't pronounce his name. Herrer, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just be like. Terra. <laughs> oh, Kilo Terra. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Chalawa can be a decent right back, but he would be a defensive oriented right back exactly, or fullback yeah. in general. 
Kind of like, you know, Malung Sar on the left side, he used to play as left <laughs> one back exactly. and he was awful yeah. offensively because he's defensive oriented. You can't put someone like him or Chaloba or or whoever at right back or right wing back and expect him to offer you attacking presence. That's what Reese James, uh, you know, mm, yeah. puts on table is the attack presence. Now, uh, Aspie is decent attackingly, but he's only decent at crossing. He's not decent as passing as like long range passes nor shooting finishing in general so i don't know like it's it's a bit complicated i'm actually more confident defensively with Aspie than reese because i feel like Aspie is a bit more composed and obviously experienced enough to um, face a tougher and faster opponent than reese james reese has pace and physicality but he doesn't have exactly the defensive awareness that Aspie has anyways that's my opinion no no, no. actually I agree. yeah yeah, Judo, yeah. No, no, no. Oh, I, I was saying, I was saying, I actually agree to um, what Ubi just said, like about Aspie and Miss James defensively. But, um, um, Tommy, you were, you were saying Loftus Cheek. I actually don't agree because I feel like Loftus Cheek, every time he gets the opportunity to cross or put in a decent cross, a right wing, when he has played there, he always turns it down and always yeah. like. Holds onto the ball, or does or does like a back pass and stuff like that. So it's just what I've noticed, though. I'm not saying he hasn't had okay games as a wing back, or maybe even excellent games there. But I just feel like it's not someone that you can, you know, rely on and say, for example, if Rhys James is not fit by when we play Man City, that you can play Loves to Stick there. <laughs> you you get what I'm saying? Yeah. So I won't lie. I don't know. Actually, Judah, fair point. I mean, I will agree about the crossing aspect, so fair point. But I'm saying I won't lie. I don't know at the time of recording if Porter has mentioned how long these games will be out for. No, no, no. Because they have to, they have to uh, do the scan. Because yeah, yeah. It's 24 to 48 hours. So we know. Yeah, so we'll find out. All right, finally, on this Rich James topic, I know Judah and Ubi don't like this, but who do we blame for this situation? Because it's like he... Who do we who do we blame basically? Like, what do you guys think? Nobody. I think. I mean, like, remember when he went out? He went out in like October or something like that. And then they gave the timetable, and then they gave him extra. Like, he had the he had an extra four weeks to be out, right? Uh-huh. And do the rest. The physios, the people who do the scans on his legs every day, they look at the workload and the way he can handle. They said, "Listen, Reese James can handle sixty to sixty-five minutes." The two games we played, I think, no, the one game he played, he played 60 minutes and he was fine. So, number one, I don't even think it's the same injury. And number two, was he, that last did, yeah, that was last week. Yeah. Uh, so, um, there's nobody to blame. It's his body just, he wasn't fully recovered. They thought, you know, he was good enough to ease in. He looked fine. Then the 50th minute, he started looking, so I was, I don't know. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a, I think it's a fatigue thing because you saw it with Koulibaly like when the first couple of games he came in he was holding his hamstring because he was, you know, hadn't played in a long time so it might be that but let's just hope it's that. You mean Thiago Silva? No, Koulibaly when 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 he went out injured. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah, my bad, my bad, my bad. Yeah, all right, um, Judah, you want to say something? Yeah, yeah, I was just going to say yeah as well. I'm I'm not going to blame anyone. I've seen people blaming Potter for say, saying that you know he rushed him back and all that. We seem to forget that Rhys um, James actually wanted to go for the World Cup, if we can all remember, where you know he was like eager for um, Gary Sage to actually pick him. So meaning that he's probably like recovered from this injury a while now and you know they were only trying to ease him into training and stuff like that and he even had 60 or 65 minutes according to reports against um was was the was name of the people that they played in the Brentford yeah against Brentford in the in the um uh, what's it called in the friendly that they had so Aston Villa. I, no no oh was it Aston Villa? No yeah. no no yeah. Aston Villa the one in the UAE no 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 the last the last um one that they had the was behind closed doors. Behind yeah, behind closed doors, where they won 5-1, where Harvard scored the Patrick. Yeah, yeah, yeah Brentford, yeah. So, Brentford, yeah. Yeah, so he basically, basically played 65 minutes in that friendly, according to reports. So, I guess there's no one to blame. It's just the, um, a situation of... The guy is just, it's just injury-prone. Like, we have to admit it to ourselves. The guy is, is injury-prone, man. And, yeah. I want to 
Ubi to this, but Ubi, if I may. Yeah, I just want to say that at Man City, they're nutri- nutritionists, they're all their science dudes. If you notice, Man City, their players don't get injured, right? So what are they doing that Chelsea players are not doing? I'm um, Chelsea neutralists are not doing. Oh, that's even another point. I keep asking myself because you know there <laughs> report that um when Bolly came in, like you know he he sent all these um physios and or doctors or something that we had, you know, like he actually sacked them and brought in his own guys. So like yeah. I've not seen any difference. <laughs> what what difference has his own guys made? You know, like was getting injuries. It, it, you're right. It's just like, it's a case of like, I think anyway that, look, this is Premier League and the intensity of Premier League is different from a friendly game, I assume anyway. So like, because when Tukul talks about like his players, like I know in the presser, they're like, oh, can Kante play 90 minutes? Can Kante play 15 minutes? Can Kovacic play 90 minutes? And Tukul will be like, oh, um, based on the science, based on the science, sorry, on the stat, on the data that was given by the physios and nutritionists that look, we can only get 30 minutes out of these guys. And then Tuku abides by that rule, right? But then there was a case, and I, I, don't, I know this is a game that we had to play Kovacic for like, sorry, Kante, we played him for a whole 90 minutes and Tuku said we were irresponsible about how we managed Kante, da, 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 da. You guys probably remember. So I think it's a bit of both. I mean, I can't really blame, I'm not necessarily blaming Porter, I'm blaming the nutritionist at the club and the physios as well because they should have told Porter that, look, this guy can only play 40 minutes or 30 minutes, not necessarily like, you know, but if you don't want to say his body, then fair, but Ubi, uh, I'm looking forward to your opinion. What do you think? I mean, of course, sure. In my opinion, uh, the way you eat, the way you train, etc., affects your your body, your physicality. Uh, if you're injury prone or not, that's a different story. But there's another factor that people don't talk about a lot: is that someone like a Man City player, defender, attacker, whatever. I feel like they don't get tackled as hard as Chelsea players do. Now, before I'm not saying there's like a conspiracy theory against Chelsea players. No. But what I'm trying to say is, unfortunately, we're not, uh, when we face someone like Bournemouth, uh, I don't know, Nottingham, etc., like smaller teams, mm-hmm. we're not considered a massive big team anymore, especially right now. We're like eighth or something or seventh, whatever. Whereas City, well, yeah, well, where City, they're like first, second, third, usually, you know, they, it depends on their point and stuff. They're looked at after as like a big team. And I feel like this kind of psychological factor plays a role into saying, okay, we're not going to go constant pressure against their uh, their players because there's no point. They're going to pass, pass, pass. And, you know, we're, we're not going to drain our stamina. Whereas with Chelsea, the history has proven that when you pressure us, we just lose it. Doesn't matter City is pressuring us or, or, or Bournemouth or whoever, we're going to lose the ball. And obviously when you apply constant pressure onto our players, they're going to get injured. They're going to get tackled, etc., which, you know, plays a factor in their injury. So, you know, I feel like this factor, like, it's a bit more psychological, I guess, and also not, because, you know, it's, it's because of our reputation, we have this result. So I guess combining this with the nutritionists and, scientists and the science people, I guess, in the club and doctors, combine these factors together, it's a combination of things that leads into having injury prone players such as yeah. Kante, Reese James, and I guess even Chilwell. Yeah, I forgot about Chilwell actually. Yeah, I think one. I think it's it's play style because a lot of people don't really talk about Kante, for example. How did mm-hmm. Kante make his name? Running around and <laughs> a lot. And what does Kante have a lot of? Leg injuries, muscle injuries specifically, hamstrings, calf, um, quad. You know, Reese's initial injury last year was not like a knee injury. It was a, it was a muscle injury. Yeah, he tore his hamstring. Yeah, he tore his hamstring. Um, then the knee injury, and everybody knows if you injure your knee, that's a contact injury. It's not like, and then it's one of those things where it's very easy to re-injure because even if you walk a little bit a certain way, anything can happen. It doesn't matter what the, what the the doctor or the physio tells you, anything can happen to your knee. But I think this was a hamstring situation, and I, and I hope it's one of those light ones where it's like, okay, he's just not used to playing this intense football. So instead of trying to play him 60 minutes, you can play him the next game, you can play him 40 or 30 or whatever it may be. And I'm hoping that that's what it is. But I don't – that part is not the physio's fault. But 
like Wesley Fofana, he was already injury prone. Reese James already injury prone. Conte was already injury prone. Kovacic already injury prone before he got here five years ago. So a lot of these guys that, that you're seeing the injuries with, it's not like anything changed. They just kind of restarted back in the club. So this is nothing new for them. Yeah. But I see rival fans saying, you know, Reese James made out of glasses, made out of tissue. I'm, 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 I'm a bit sad because it's like whenever you talk about Reese James now, you have to have like a, that R9 conversation like, oh, R9 was Ronaldo, the president Ronaldo, by the way. R9 was a good player, but he was injury prone. But this, this, this. I'm sure we, we could think of other players. I, I, you know, I'm sure we could think of other players that were the same as well. So I, I feel sad for Reese James because now when, when, whenever we talk about Reese James, it's like, oh, but he gets injured a lot. So unless he can, unless he can um, remove that from his game, like Harry Kane, because Harry Kane used to get injured a lot too. At specific times, but obviously he's been really fit recently. I need to know what physio they got over there because he he's had a bunch of leg injuries. Yeah, he's he's not been in the past three seasons or thereabout, you know. So yeah. Um, Ray, do you want to round us up and talk about John Felix? John Felix, um, yeah. loan with an option to buy with eighty six million pounds is what they're looking at right now. Um, certain sources who may be fraudulent, I would not say their name, are claiming <laughs> the deal is basically done. Um, and I'm just going to keep quiet on that. But Jao Felix, it would be killer. I mean, imagine Kai Havertz who can do all the chaos Kai Havertz does, but he can also shoot. He's cool. Yeah. He can whack a wall, man. But, yeah. You'll be okay to say, I mean, are you a big fan of um, John Felix? Joao Felix, well, actually, to me, it's an exciting signing. I've been a big fan of Joao Felix since his days at Benfica. I'm a big fan of Portuguese players. I mean, yeah. I don't support Portugal, but I'm a big fan of their players and play style. But anyways, it, it would be a big signing for us because he's really talented, he's really skillful. But on top of all of that, forget the finishing and the being clinical in front of goal and whatnot, which is important. I'm not saying it's not. But what I like about him, he's, he's actually decent defensively, thanks to his uh, time at Atletico Madrid. Because the way Diogo Simeone plays him, is that he really comes back defending a lot. Kind of more yeah. than attacking, you may argue. Knowing yeah. Simeone's style, you know what I'm saying. And that's really important because just like today's game, when we kind of said, all right, 2-0 is, is enough. Let's just sit back. We went to back five. We would need someone like Joao Felix, which would, you know, basically push back and then push forward. You know, help out the, the, the defensive line, help out the DMs, DMs, whatever, and then go back forward to attack and finish the opportunities. So it would be a very exciting uh, signing. He's, of course, uh, still relatively young. He's very promising. And I've seen him also at the World Cup recently, and he's been amazing. He scored a bunch of goals, prov- provided assists. And mm-hmm. he's been also decent uh, defensively. So it will be an amazing signing, although a bit expensive. But hey, that's the, uh, what do you call, the tax we have to pay because, you know, he's young, he's promising, and he comes from La Liga. He has a bunch of experience. So, you know, yeah. I'm really looking forward for that deal if it goes through. And I believe it would be. I'm not reading off, off of any source, but I believe it would be done, hopefully, in the next few weeks. Let's see what happens. It would be ideal. I mean, um, Ray, you want to say something? Very quickly, another guy who I didn't even think we were going to go in from. We've actually put 120 million more plus for Enzo Fernandez. So I'm wondering what's going on there. Have they spoken to his agents? Is he interested in coming here? But Jao Felix, <laughs> I want him here, but do I? I don't know. Because I'd rather have Liao next season. I mean, it's just a loan. There's yeah. nothing we can lose. We don't need to activate. I'm not sure if the, the option to buy is obligatory or like optional. Because if it's optional, that would be amazing, of course. Because we Hopefully don't need it's optional. Hopefully, yeah. I think, I mean, ideally, I think it would be obligatory ob- ob- or whatever. Yeah, but um, let's see what Judah thinks. Judah, what can you say? Uh, Boli is moving left, right, center, signing different players here and there. But what can you say about the... That guy, is, that guy is moving like... It's <laughs> moving like a thief in the night, man. <laughs> <laughs> what can you say like, about the draft? Well, yeah, about Joe Felix. Yeah, I mean... I'll be to say, yeah, I've never like really been a fan, the big, big, big fan of the guy. And... Mm-hmm. Um, 
it's all well and good if it's going to be a loan deal with an option to buy, not obligatory. Like, I mean, an option, like, it's, we can choose to activate the, the option or not. So that's going to be a very perfect deal if we can get that done. But if it's like a loan with an obligation to buy or maybe an outright buy, uh, uh, I wouldn't be really too uh, keen on, on on doing that sort of deal because, like um, Ray said, um, Liao is literally going to be available in the summer, you know. So, and I think that would be a much better fit for the Premier League and like a much better fit for Chelsea as a whole than Joao Felix. So, but yeah, it's going to be a good deal for January though if we can get him with an option to buy. I mean, there there should be no complaints from anyone if it actually goes through with. An option to buy and not an obligation. So yeah. Are you excited about Nkuku, Judah? Oh, definitely, definitely. I I'm, I didn't used to be a fan of Nkuku as well <laughs> because <laughs> of when PTSD. Let me not lie, <laughs> because I had when PTSD, you know. But yeah. uh, I started then I started watching him, and you know, it's he's actually a good player, and he's more technical and, and far way better than. Than Fener, but hopefully he can he can bring that to the Premier League because we all know like it's one thing to actually play well before coming to the Premier League and you know coming to the Premier League and you know facing reality and you know a whole different world from where you're coming from. Oh, and and that's thing I wanted to mention about Joao Felix though. Um, I don't know if anyone has noticed it, but La Liga players for some reason always bang in the Premier League. Like they always perform well <laughs> when they come to the Premier League. So. Hopefully, Joe Felix is one of them if he, if he comes anyways. So, yeah. Portuguese players as well. I think Portuguese are players from Portuguese League as well. But yeah, yeah I agree. Yeah, players from Portuguese League as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, Ray, Ubi, Judah, before you guys go, can we mention the right back you like at Chelsea? Because obviously, we need to buy a right back. I mean, just off the top of your head and we'll continue next episode. Who do you reckon? Because I can't really think of anyone. So, that's what I'm asking guys. <laughs> I mean, you could just mention someone. That's probably my least knowledgeable position, but Juranovic is the only one that I like. I haven't watched from Pong and I haven't watched Gusto. So, Yosip, the did you watch Croatia? He was a right back. Oh, d- does he play for? Yeah, Atletico? the Croatia right back. Yeah, he plays for Celtic. For Celtic, I don't know. He plays for Celtic, yeah. I was watching him because the, the first game I seen him and he they played against Leipzig, uh, and I was yeah. watching him. He was pretty decent. Um, I don't know. He's really good overlap wise. Attacking is scary, scary guy. First, <laughs> yeah. first. Hopefully, Kovacic can be an agent in that scenario. So Ubi Judah, how about you guys? I can't really think of anyone, so I don't want to join in. <laughs> um. So for me, um, it's all. I think my first choice is going to be Gonzalo Montiel, just because, um, <laughs> just because, like I said, uh, La Liga players they for some reason they perform when they come to the Premier League, and Montiel is is the Sevilla, Sevilla right back and uh, Argentina right back. If you watch the World Cup, oh, so, yeah. okay, uh, yeah, but he's alright. Yeah, it's, it's actually good. Yeah, it's, it's a very good right back actually, and I yeah. I think it's part of those that we're monitoring. Along with the yeah, so if it's not going to be him, I would I would I would take I would take Malogusto. Malogusto is actually very good as well, and he's French. So who's this Gusto guy? You guys are just calling guys. He, he plays for Leon. He plays for Leon, and he's French oh, as well. I don't mind. I love yeah. Leon. Yeah, mind. yeah. He plays for Leon, and he's actually a good a good shot as well. Like he's a very he has the potential basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, so yeah, one of those two, or or the Croatian now right back that um Ray mentioned as well. So say a good shout. So yeah. Um, before I bring in Ubi, do you guys think these guys would accept to be Reese James's backup? Oh yeah, um, yeah, I think they will actually. I think they will. You think so? Oh, they like. I mean, you know, we're we're close to getting the the um, uh, what's it called? This guy that that the Klaus. Yeah, Klaus, thank you. Yeah, but he didn't oh, want to be backup. Yeah, but he didn't want to be backup just because of the World Cup. I mean, if the World Cup wasn't coming up, I'm very sure he would have accepted Chelsea, you know. But so now that the World Cup is over, I, I feel like they'll be they'll be inclined to actually come to Chelsea. Did he get selected for the World Cup? Yeah, 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 he did, yeah. 
Yeah, he did. did he, I didn't see him play. Did he play? Man. Oh, he played, man. Yeah, he played. He Mad. played for Germany. Mad, uh, right? For Germany. Right? I didn't see him. Great. Did he? Great. No, no, no. Klaus didn't play. He played in the Nations League. Did he get selected? No, no, no. Because they didn't have a right. Remember, France didn't have a right back. Yeah, I think Kunde played that right back. Kunde played a right back. Interesting. All right, so Ubi, over to you to round up. Uh, well, my shout at right back would be Diego Dalot. I don't think Manchester ah. would sell him, but he's been decent at the World Cup. He's young. He's he has a lot of potential. I'm a big fan of him and a lot of Portuguese yeah. players. If you guys didn't take a note, uh, yeah. Yeah, United would not let him come to Chelsea. Yeah, <laughs> another one that would be decent though. No bad shout. It, 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 is Marcos Llorente. He's not a right back, but he's he's oh, right there. You're giving me vibe. He would, be, he would be decent. No, actually, I'm sure Judah and We Reese tried that, by the way. We tried the Llorente thing. That was not going. They tried to get oh, Llorente okay. in the summer. Yeah. No, 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 well, I think Judah and Raid will agree that he's a baller, actually. So, yeah. No, yeah, yeah under yeah. yes. Yeah. I think I'll take Laurenti actually. Like, because I know he's a workaholic and he can finish as well. But can he defend? That's the question. I mean, he played for Simeone. He's defending, but with some coaching and stuff, he can be decent. Like, he's not a traditional right back, but yeah. he did play at, there for uh, Atletico and also Spain, I think. So, you know. First, first. So, yeah, thank you guys for coming. Ubi, would you like to round us up? I mean, it's been ages. Judah, Ubi, Ray. Yeah. Yeah, man, I, I would I would love to round this up. Like as I said, thanks for having me again. It was a fun episode. Uh, really felt good to be back and discuss everything about Chelsea. It's exciting. It just we we always make it sound easy because I think we love Chelsea and we're like so passionate and you know invested into the team. But trust me, guys, for those that are listening, it's not easy what we're doing. But hey, we appreciate your support. We always love it when you guys give us feedback. So, yeah, thanks for listening to us. Thanks for having me once again. And looking forward for the next one, guys. Cheers, guys. Cheers, Judah. Cheers, Ray. Cheers. Adios. Cheers.